I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And I'm Michael Hutchinson. Uh, we are testing out new microphones today, so it's going to sound very different than the rest of the show used to sound. You can hear. Can you hear the clank? Yes. You can yeah, because it's picking it up because it's straight underneath. Um, these are like shotgun microphones. I want to see how they sound, uh, just in general. Testing out the equipment. Next next week, it'll probably go back to or next episode, uh, it'll probably go back to the regular regular microphones. What's new, man? Uh, not much. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I got Netflix. It's only been like well, a week you, now. You kicked so that like, off. You kicked that off right away. Well, the Oscars just happened. So, did you watch them? I we did watch some of them. Uh, I wouldn't say we watched all of them, but we did watch. Did you watch them in super speed to breeze through them, or you just turned it on? Uh, I was just kind of on in the background. We oh, were okay. watching some of them. Uh, you know, the opening, the monologue, that kind of stuff. Did you see uh, anything interesting? Was there anything about it interesting? Was there? Uh, you know, the winner of the jet ski, I really was hoping some people would go a little bit shorter just to, like, try to get that jet ski. But a lot yeah, of people like just the, didn't seem to care about winning that jet ski. Yeah, who would get I wouldn't care about the jet ski either. I mean, <laughs> Which I think was the point. Right. It was a, <laughs> Did you see? Oh, it wasn't just the jet ski, though. It came with a all-expenses-paid trip to Lake Havasu. Oh, did it? I yeah. didn't realize it was going to Lake Havasu it also. It came with a Havasu trip. Well, I totally would have done that. Um, but, you know, the Oscar gift bag is like 20 some thousand dollars, twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000. So a jet ski is no big deal whatsoever. No, but it was pretty funny. And Helen Mirren is the one who was, you know, showing it off. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, but she didn't win. Oh, Helen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> She's like playing like the Vanna She was White the Vanna White. White. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. She was. Uh, so anything else you like about the Oscars? Um, no, there's nothing like really stood out this year. Like, you know, I heard that Kimmel took people over to the other, uh, the El Capitan. I, we weren't watching that point, so I don't know about that, but I heard that was pretty good. Uh, there wasn't anything that was like really shocked and surprising. There wasn't, uh, you know, I heard the numbers were down this year. Um, not a lot of people wanted to watch it. Uh, I, 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 I did see, um, The Shape of Water. Okay. Uh, the day before or the day of. Anyway. It won Best Picture. It did win Best Picture. And what you think? You know, like I told you, I thought that it's very creative. I don't think the story was like that original. It's a love story. But I, I did like I thought he's. I think he's very creative. And for a, a movie, I thought it was you know, being Best Picture as far as somebody who's really creative, a storyline, it kept you interested. <laughs> That's my beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, come on. Storyline. Uh, you know, and then, you know, it's the lead character is mute. Right, Oct- Octavia Spencer. Last yeah, uh, you know, talking throughout the whole thing. I thought she did a great job, uh, but I, I, I liked it. I, I, I really liked it. The uh, the lead in that. Um, oh, damn it, her name is escaping me. Uh, she's in a movie called Maud, which you have, and you should watch that. She's fantastic in that. Is she? So yeah. she speaks. Yeah, she does speak, and she plays a, um, a simpleton with Ethan Hawke in Maud. And Maude is totally worth watching. It's just it's just a lovely, sweet movie. Yeah, we'll have to watch that. Um, she's a an artist who a simpleton artist who paints, um, and her paintings got uh, international or national notoriety. At least uh, Nixon bought one at, at that point. Uh, I do remember seeing the trailer for that. Like yeah, she just has a little small house or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sweet movie, and she's fantastic in it. Um, so Shape of Water won Best Picture, and basically uh, it. You say simple story. It's Splash. It is. It's Splash. It's, it's just revo- I mean, roles know, reversed. What's Tom her name? Uh, yeah, uh, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah was much much better looking um, than the fish guy. Yeah, 
I guess. Now, now I was yeah. really curious. You know, she talked about you know like how did how did you make love with him, and you know she, she kind of curious to see that. You want to see her fuck the fish? Yeah, see the thing open up. Like, I'm, okay, I'm kind of curious. Deanna was, Deanna was totally weirded out by the movie because she was like, it's like bestiality. And I was like, it's beauty in the he's beast. A, he's a god. What are you talking about? Um, and, and then at the end, she became a fish. And I'm just like, it's just a fable. It's just a cute It is, which I thought thing. was, at first, I'm like, oh, that's just kind of corny. Because you know, you know, it talks about her having the scratches on it and she hasn't spoken. We don't know why she's never spoken. Right. But she has the scratches on her neck, and you know, of course, at the end. Um, spoiler alert. Okay, good. Uh, just want to make sure if the people want to tune out, you know, they turn into gills because he's a god. Right. Um, <clears throat> which I, I don't know. Like, first I'm like, ah, it's kind of cheesy, whatever. But you're like, oh, this, it's kind of cute. You know, they're able to, to escape and now they can actually be in love together. Right. Uh, and Guillermo's, his whole worlds, I think, are they're always interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's this isn't the, this isn't Guillermo's best world. Like, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth probably is, but uh, yeah, that's the kind of filmmaker that he is. That's what yeah, he's, gonna he's just he's, he's just not going to so make creative. Hangover Four. Exactly, um, he's not going to make the traditional, which is why I liked it as for Beck's picture because it is him being creative. He created something. It was the best of the bunch. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we talked about Shannon hated uh, Normandy. Was not a big fan of Normandy. Not Normandy. Um, uh, Darkest Hour or Dunkirk? Dunkirk. Oh. Sorry, Dunk, Dunkirk. War movies. Uh, What's there to hate about Dunkirk? Because there, there's no characters. There's no... Oh, yeah, okay. You know, That's fine. You see different perspectives, which I liked it as a history teacher. And I, I like all that kind of stuff. But as far as a storyline... Have you watched Darkest Hour? I have not watched Darkest Hour yet. It's really good that you watch Dunkirk first, because Darkest Hour is Churchill dealing with uh, that. And Dunkirk is part of Darkest Hour, so you have a point of reference in your mind of what's actually happening uh, with Dunkirk. Did you really like Dunkirk? I think it is Chris Nolan's second best movie. Um, I thought it was um, enjoyable and watchable. Shit's just blowing up. Uh, You really feel for it because, you know, it's a true story, which I liked. I liked the fact that there's 400,000 troops stuck there, and they were going to save 30,000 of them. Now, did you catch at the beginning uh, one week, one day, one hour? No. Okay, so... I don't think so. When you're watching the men on the uh, on the beach, mm-hmm. that takes place over one week of time. When you're watching the boat come across, that takes place over one day of time, and the planes are one hour of time. So that makes sense. Okay. I mean, it still kind of flows. The first time I watched you know the movie... Right. Because I do remember seeing that in the bottom. You're like, oh, whatever it means, I don't... I don't. There's some weird, yeah, I didn't understand what it meant at the beginning. And then as you're watching it there, you go, well, this is sort of overlapping. This is some weird overlapping on occasion that I didn't fully get. But then after someone else had explained to me it was one week, one day, one hour and how it worked. And the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, I see what's happening now. And I completely don't care about that. And once again, Chris Nolan thinking that he's way more holier than thou and can come up with, you know, play with time and come up with these unique things. It just didn't even need to be part of the Dunkirk story. No, because it, it flows without it. I mean, you you understand <coughs> planes coming over and you see, you know, the plane going down, you know, and the, and the boat going over to save that. And you know, right. oh, that's, that's, that's the plane that they just showed. I had because a problem. there aren't characters you're following. I had a problem with the last plane and how it the, the engine is completely out, the gas is out, and it manages Flies to go across the beat this way. <laughs> 
and then comes back and goes across the beach this way and takes somebody out. And I'm just like, I know that's weird. Right. I, I thought that too. I'm like, I don't think he was going to. I, mean, I imagine he probably did run out of gas. You know, they, they foreshadow he's going to run out of gas. Right. But him gliding for so he long. Gl- he glided for a, glid for a long time. And then I'm like, why wouldn't you just land on the beach where it's safe? Why did you glide all the fuck the way over there? Yeah, there's with all of Chris Nolan's movies, when they're over, you can pick them apart and drive freight liners through all of the plot holes and problems that are with them. Um, Chris seems to come up with a really good idea, and then he thinks that that's enough. You don't need to fully flesh out the rest of it. Um, Inception is a good idea. The rest of the movie is just crap. And I've never really liked his Batman movies, although the the Joker one is kind of cool. Batman Begins is all right, but... Um, I like Batman Begins. Memento is the best thing that he ever did that just works because the movie that he did before that, the following, where he played with time, doesn't work. But clearly he figured out what was wrong there and fixed it with Memento. Memento is an an excellent film. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, If you haven't seen Memento, you need to watch that film. So uh, some of the other, other winners that happened here that... You haven't seen Darkest Hour, so it doesn't matter. Frances McDormand won for three billboards. Uh, and do, can you pull up her laugh? Because that's creepy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, if you could pull up her laugh, I don't know if you remember her laugh, but if you just do the sound bite of her laugh, you know, she's up there. And her speech was really good. I did like her speech, you know, and the whole thing about, you know, if women, you know, get your treatments out there, whatever, the inclusion clause to make sure. I liked all that. But her laugh is just so creepy. <clears throat> um,. I I don't remember. It's, okay, we'll pull it up and you'll be like an, an wow. ad is playing for her uh, before her. Because <laughs> someone speech. just clipped it. Is someone is it on YouTube? No, it's her whole Oscar speech. It's like two minutes long. Does she laugh at the beginning? No, I think it's pick me up because I've got toward, some things to say. I want to say it's towards the end when she has people stand up and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't really understand the whole ladies get up thing. Well, it's that was just to show how many women were actually out. I feel like I'm having. Oh, this isn't that. this isn't even her tonight. Party. Oh, this isn't even her page. Why do I? Why do people? Oh, anyway, whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, if you, well, if you can find it at some point, it's just it's just funny. Um, you you thought it was? Oh, you mean her laugh creepy. is it's, funny? It's just kind. Of, it's actually kind of creepy. Like it's like ah, uh, like I can't believe you can't just like someone has. If I fall uh, over, pick me up because I've got some things to say. Yeah, I don't understand. What she falls over, pick her up. Why? Why would she fall over? Because she's so excited. She just won the. Oh. Um, well, because then she goes, because I have some things to say. Um, so uh, I but thought I she was a, all the women standing up was the fact that look at all the women in Hollywood. It wasn't like you know, hey, I, I think I think it was a strong moment that you know women drive Hollywood also that most people don't realize. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see it here. I don't want to dig around for it. Um, people are gonna listen to it on their own. Uh, I thought it was. I thought. Getting everybody to stand, all the f- women to stand up was nice. And what she said when she made the statement that uh, on Monday morning, these are the women that you should be getting treatments from and, and stuff like that. These are the women that you should be hiring. Uh, but I also didn't really understand the point of that because anybody who's nominated has always been nominated. Monday morning is being attacked by everybody. Uh, actually, after the nominations come out, those women can get their treatments on everybody's desk and get things made. So I was just like, she's saying something that we already know and that I think is kind of pointless. I didn't. I didn't. Well, you look into it that so deep, yeah, I guess so. But you know, it's a public forum where she's saying that. But you're right. I mean, yeah, the people who were nominated, you know, 
uh, Helen Mirren, people like that. Yeah, if she wants a treatment, she's getting bring it. Yeah, I want to see it. I mean, my problem with this whole thing is uh, women are upset because uh, they're not getting hired for jobs because of what's between their legs. Yet women want to band together and only hire people because what's between their legs. It's so hypocritical. We should hire more women just because they're women. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's... The I have I never, <laughs> ever in my life been in a room where I was like, where we were hiring men because a man would be the perfect one for this job, or we were specifically excluding women. I have, however, been in meetings where we were looking for women to do this job specifically because we thought that they could bring the right touch to the project. So... I don't know. I find it all strange. I know without a doubt that more men work in Hollywood than women. I'm not saying that that's not the case. But I don't know. I I, I think that there is too much uh, th- th- there's too much of a fantasy that behind closed doors that it's a, a, a men's club because men are trying to keep it that way. Like men are trying to specifically not hire women to do these yeah, jobs. Yeah, and I don't think that's true. I don't... I, I... I don't think men are trying to stop them. I just don't know if women are stepping up as much, but I think now they feel and like they have the power. And I think to that's that's a bigger thing and, and a, a uh, more of a valid argument. Um, Tom Ayers, who has been on the show before, and we both know so well, playing in um, Vegas, I believe. Soon, Tom, or not, if not this week, uh, yeah, he was in Vegas. But um, Nicole's daughter, uh, Tom realized one day, this goes back a few months, but um, Nicole's little girl, Tom would walk in and see her and go, who's a beautiful girl? How's my little sweet princess? And realized how damaging that actually is to her. Um, at that young of an age, like he walked in one day and didn't say that to her and he could see her being crushed. Where you walk in to a boy and you're like, oh my God, what are you playing with? Is that, let's play with this Tonka truck. You don't go, who's a sweet little prince? Who's a pretty little boy? People don't speak to boys that way. So this poor little girl from being a child is ingrained with the only point, the only thing of value she has is her looks. And boys are raised with, oh, things that they can play with and things that they can do. And that's where the problem stems from. We need more women to be raised with uh, how smart they are and uh, to be able to go after those things that are more scientific that tend to lead into the technical jobs that are in the industry that, that women can totally do, but just don't do because they're just not around. Well, we have our stereotypes as kids, absolutely. But I'm your super princess parties, your I'm super bothered by actresses in Hollywood wanting to just hire female directors because they have a hole between their legs instead of a stick. Because I just, I, I, it's so fucking hypocritical. Just so ridiculous. It should me. be best man for, or woman for the job. Best person for the job, yeah. absolutely. Um, speaking of other women, uh, Allison Janney won for I, Tanya, which was pretty cool. Uh, she did a fantastic job. Loved her in that film. Like, she nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you watch the clips at the end after it, and you, oh, yeah. I mean, she, she is her. Yeah, she killed it. Uh, Sam Rockwell won for best supporting actor for Three Billboards. Which I still haven't seen, which I think is funny, you know, because he talked about it on Saturday Night Live. Like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a character actor. He's like, I don't know how this happened, like how I went from character actor to this, but this is awesome. Uh, that He's a character in that. But I take, I mean, probably out of all of the people who won an Oscar this year, I take the biggest issue with his performance. Last year was Oscar so white, and this year is Oscar so penis, so men. And the character that Sam Rockwell plays is a race, a, a 
thousand percent racist, misogynistic pig. He's a horrible person. It's amusing as hell to watch him. Um, the things that he says to both black people and the women and the, his backward ass bigoted, like he did a great job. But at the end of the day, I'm like, so you gave a statue to the guy who played the most vile human being this year. <laughs> what fucking message do you send in the future? Oh, we need more roles with really vile human beings. Who's going to win an Oscar for playing Harvey Weinstein? And it's like you're creating you're creating an, an academy. You're creating an, an Oscars that just gets worse and worse when you re- reward bad behavior. And. He did a great job, but he still he played just this horrible human being, and I don't but know. That, I don't know how that, that should be acting? Cel- it shouldn't be. I agree, but I just acting. find it weird that that's the celebration that you know after Oscars so white and Oscars so men, I guess male. I don't know. Oscars yeah, so me J. too. J.K. Simmons, he got it for being the asshole in Whiplash. Yeah, but he was not a racist, misogynistic he he was, pig. He was. Just, he was a stern, hard teacher who uh, Miles Teller's character would have never have grown to his potential if it wasn't for J.K. Simmons as the teacher. Um, so, Did and he catch the killer in the... I guess I shouldn't know because I haven't watched it yet. So, Catch the killer in what? <laughs> Three billboards. Is that what the whole thing's about? Finding the who killed the daughter? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to spoil <laughs> it. Uh, it's a good movie. It's worth watching. It's fun. Um, I think the ending is terrible. I've heard that from several people. Yeah, the ending takes a turn that makes no sense. And after you watch it, I can explain an earlier scene which means the ending had to have been reshot it was either reshot or it was like we're going to be super creative artsy people Finn <laughs> um, and credits so yeah anyway um, what else was interesting up here Get Out won for something right didn't it win uh, for screenplay yeah, Scre- yeah uh, screenplay which, original screenplay which was good I would have been bent if I saw Get Out win best picture I thought it was a good movie, but certainly not the best movie. That was I, I agree with that. I don't think it was either. But it, definitely the screenplay. I, I did like the film. I, I thought it was good. Um, I think that's how we got, because you said something about Stir of Echoes. I, I was talking to someone about, like, someone's done a hyp- hypnosis movie for him. Like, yeah, they have. And that's how I got on Stir of Echoes. Oh, I had mentioned Stir of Echoes to you earlier yeah. um, before we, we started talking. This is why we usually just come in and sit down and start talking because then we haven't talked about anything. So there's no point of reference (laughs) when we have these huge conversations before we turn on the mic, then it's like, well, wait a minute, we're leading from a conversation from before. Um, Best adapted screenplay went to Call Me By Your Name. Have you seen that piece of shit? Uh, I haven't. Yeah, that's a piece of Um, shit. Yeah, that's the one with the young boy, right? And the, like the gay. Yeah. 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 The older guy or whatever. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. I thought so was Best Picture last year. What was Best Picture last year? Moonlight. Oh. Um, Moonlight wasn't a terrible movie. It just didn't deserve to be Best Picture. Yeah, it's not, a, yeah, it's not terrible. It's not a very interesting movie. No. Uh, Moonlight was clearly someone had watched The Wire and wondered what if Omar, what would Omar's love story look like? <laughs> right? This is how, this is how it uh, came up. And, and yeah, I liked Moonlight. I thought it was... I'd never watch it again, but when I finished watching it, I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed See, it. I just didn't think it was very interesting, the whole thing. I'm like, meh, okay, whatever. I, I loved, I always loved Omar on The Wire, so I... I <laughs> so now you got his backstory. Yeah, what's this, this hardcore gangster that's just, you know, gay as the day is long? Um, and I, I just thought that was fantastic. But, yeah, you know, I, I mean, call me by your name. I would tell you, you never need to watch it. It's not a movie. Rewatch Moonlighting. Rewatch Brokeback Mountain. 
Um, they're Anne Hathaway. Far, far. Yeah, Anne Hathaway <laughs> boobies in Brokeback Mountain. That's right. At least it has that going for it. But even then, aside from that, uh, when you compare Brokeback Mountain to Call Me By Your Name, Brokeback Mountain isn't a bad movie. Brokeback Mountain just isn't. I never thought it was really that great. Oh, I didn't either. I, I think it's because the two actors and what they did and stuff like that, I, 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 I think, got people watching it. Heath Ledger and um, what's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Gyllenhaal. If, I, if it was just like you and I in it, I don't think anyone would have cared. But you're talking about two people who, you know, at the time were big stars. Doing sure. What well, doing. that's the thing about Call Me By Your Name. Army Hammer is one of the gay guys. Yeah. And anyway, it's not a good movie. It's a piece of shit. Uh, let's see. Anything else interesting up here? Uh, sound mixing went to Dunkirk, uh, which makes sense. Because uh, if I, I, I don't know. Do you have five ones around in your living room? Uh, occasionally. Bullets are just flying around all <laughs> no, over the place. And like there. It was amazing. It sounded uh, fantastic. Um, what else? We have best actor was Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, but you haven't seen that. seen that. But I love Gary Oldman. I, and it's, uh, didn't they say it was like his first nomination or something like that? Yeah, it's his first Oscar, I think. Which is weird because he's an amazing actor. Sure, but there's a bunch of amazing actors who've never won. Well, that is true. I mean, Where Sam Rockwell had never won, and he's an amazing actor. Sam Rockwell's been in a ton of great stuff. He, he has, but he's also... In, including the greatest uh, clown horror movie ever, made by a pedophile. You know the story of that? No. Um, oh, what is the name of the movie? No, it's... Oh, I, think we, I think we've talked about that before. We probably have. Because uh, uh, I always think Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a great, just, horror movie that I love. Which... Clownhouse. Uh, Clown yeah, we did talk about Clown director, yeah, Victor Salva, who, I don't know if he ended up paying out at one point because he diddled the kids on the movie. He did something with the kids on the movie. Yeah, I remember we did talk about this in one of the um, previous But this podcasts. is, a, this is an awesome clown. Three mental, escape mental patients, or three guys escape from the mental institution, wander into the clown tent, slaughter the clowns and put on makeup and then terrorize these three boys in a house. Uh, it's so fucking good. Uh, but Sam Rockwell is one of the nuts, one of the clowns in it, and he's he kills it. He's great in it. Uh, anyway, speaking of horror, I have a question for you. Uh, what is if I if I ask you to tell me what the most terrifying scenes in horror films are? What what comes to mind? Terrifying. Yeah. What do you find that's scary in a horror movie? Uh, I mean, I don't know, because there's nothing that I. The, no image like comes jumping, to mind. No, no clown. Like, no. I'm not afraid of clowns. So that's that's you know even everyone's like oh with the the it clown. I'm like, oh, did you watch it? I did watch it. What you think? I saw it with Martin in the theater. Did you watch the original it when it was like, oh, like decades a ago? Yeah, yeah, whatever, two, yeah. It was two parts, but two, decades yeah, ago yeah. you watched that, and so you watched this with Martin in the theater. What'd you think? I I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like scary. Like oh my god, I can't I, clowns scare me, but clowns don't scare me, so it wasn't a big deal. I didn't. I, clowns don't particularly scare me either. Um, in Clown House, they've got all this like almost demonic clown makeup, and the kids are. For example, there's a great scene in that that I remember. The kids are upstairs, and there's a clown just standing in your living room, staring at you, not moving. Okay, whether it's a clown or a person or whatever, it just happens to be a clown. That's fucked up. Like you walk in, you come home, you walk into your house, and there's just a human standing in your living room, not moving. Even clown makeup would would throw me off. Even when you started talking to them, they're not moving. 
I think the hairs on the back of your neck are going to start to raise. There's just something super I think usually the scariest stuff for me is like, the, I don't know, maybe supernatural stuff. Because like, oh, is, is that why my room makes this noise in the night or something like that? Like, something happens and... So what, like what a- supernatural? Am- like, you know, Amity, Amityville whore. And you're like, well, I wonder if I have like a room that's like painted red somewhere. Because I have these weird things that happen, you know, creaking. Not so much as I get older, but when you're younger, like, oh, that's sure. kind of scary. You know, the... Um, uh, the uh, a Chromicon or whatever the Necrocomicon ne- ne- the book yeah the book from yeah. uh, Evil, Dead. Evil Dead yeah like that whole thing I think yeah I remember watching that and that scared me because you know you walk up you know chairs squeaking back the Evil and Dead forth. yeah okay go on. and then it just stops uh-huh. you know and then you know the, just the the weird stuff that happens you're like uh I wonder if not getting raped by a tree I think that's a bit much. But some of the other things, like, you know, Freddie and Jason, they don't scare me. I'm not, it's things that jump out at you, like it's things you're not expecting. You're like, oh my God, that kind of stuff. But but it's interesting. You remember the squeaking chairs in the Evil Dead. So that, that burned itself in it your did, brain. It did, but I think I was also probably 13, 12, But that's 13, fine. Like, what, yeah, it's stuff like that. So what else, What other scenes, what else comes to mind that might have burned itself in? See, I don't, I don't know. Like Carrie Ann in front of the TV and Poltergeist? No. They're here? No, because I didn't think that whole thing... I don't know. There's nothing like Blair Witch. That's supernatural. Yeah, it was supernatural. So the, that kind of stuff. You know, I go camping and you see, suddenly see these pile of rocks. Like I don't think much of it or whatever. But then you keep seeing these pile of rocks. Some of that stuff kind of triggers back. That's the same thing as the guy standing in the room, though. You're in the middle. You you are out camping or you're out wandering the forest, and all of a sudden you come into an area where there's a bunch of like weird sticks hanging from the trees. That are not naturally hanging there. Yeah, stuff like or that. Or a bunch to of piles creepy. of rocks. You're just like, what the hell has happened here? It's like some figure or something standing in the room. Yeah, that kind of, but I don't. So, what's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie? Yeah. Because hmm. I like, uh, you know, like Dead Snow. I love Dead Snow. I think that's, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the zombie, uh, Hitler zombies. Yeah, the uh, but I love. What is it? Uh, no good. No, there's no no good Nazi. Not even a dead Nazi is a good Nazi or something <laughs> like that. Is the tagline? But I, I really like that one. I think it's a it's a very well done, uh, and it's just fun to watch. Uh-huh. You know, the gore in it, I think, is over the top gore, which I, I think it's funny. Okay. Uh, you know, when you see just blood, so much blood that's impossible for someone to be spewing or whatever. To me, I. It's a horror film, but I, I, I just enjoy that. Uh-huh. Um, no, do you, so do you like torture porn? Do you like, like, Hostel and those movies? Um, Hostel, I thought, was pretty good. I love it's Hostel. It's kind of a, a real, you know, more of a real life, obviously. I don't believe, mm-hmm. like, Nazi zombies are going to come get me if I take their gold that's hidden for whatever reason. Right. Uh, but a Hostel could absolutely happen. Right. Uh, so, kind of creepy, but I don't know. I don't know, like Saw. Saw is, you know, not doesn't creep me out, but something could happen. Somebody could. I love Saw. I, I think Saw is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I, you know, I also love Scream. I think Scream was a great idea because yeah. the way they, they did it and the you know, who the killers were and why they were the killers. And I love that. Uh, yeah, we're getting the AC through. Yeah, you can hear the air conditioner. <laughs> Which is interesting. Part of the test. I want to see what, what these things pick up. Anyway, uh, go on. Saw. Yeah, Saw. I, I like that. I um, even like things like Final Destination, it kind of makes you think. Mm-hmm. Like, I, well, Final yeah. Destination now falls back into the supernatural again. It does, and I, you know, you think 
you know, I ride my motorcycle, and I'm like, you know, I, I get off on this exit instead of going on this one. Well, what if, would have happened if I would have gone to the next exit? Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't know because I didn't go, but right. it wasn't possible. It's just silly things like that, that that make me go back to think, but doesn't necessarily scare me. It just kind of puts in your mind, like I said, etched in your mind. So what does frighten you? Um, <laughs> uh as far as a horror film, like what would Anything. scare me? I don't know. What, it, what is a scary image? What is a frightening image? If you, if you have to clean out the garbage disposal, does that give you pause? No, that wouldn't. I mean, what would like scare what? me? Is, you know, I ride a motorcycle. Me dying on a motorcycle scares me. Is that an image that comes to you a lot? Is, like, yeah, is, go, is going down on the, on yeah, the bike? You know, my biggest thing is I, I try to be as safe as possible, but it's not up to me. It's up to you know, the other guy who's going to jump in front of me or whatever. Sure. Or behind me. Um, so so why do you take the risk in so in a vehicle that has limited uh, safety measures? I, I I guess I try to beat the odds. Okay. <laughs> I really like to ride. I mean, it goes down to it. I like the ride. I like the smells. I like the feel of everything. I, um, if I can just go, if, if I go on a ride somewhere and not take freeways and take back roads I think the ride is beautiful actually okay. seeing nature it's so much different than sitting in a cage so you're you're willing to risk your life for that I am I, I'm willing to risk my life life when I jump on a plane because going back to Cincinnati I don't want to drive 32 hours sure right so, sure and planes go down it happens right but there's a big advantage there I mean versus a, a bike a motorcycle versus a car I mean during traffic fine the motorcycle has an advantage but otherwise all those roads that you're driving on cars are driving on too and you could just roll down the windows so you're not saving any time you're not saving it's I not, guess it's you, not the same we could feeling. Argue you're saving gas although you're really not oh I am I you know it's Get forty miles a gallon right now. Okay, I'm not worried about the gas situation. Motorcycles are uh, worse polluters than cars because the only transport one person and the amount of exhaust that they put out exceeds what a car can do, or something like that. MythBusters did this; uh, I, they figured this out. Anyway, uh, with a plane, you're cutting a lot of time, and actually, uh, you're on a mode of transportation that is far. Far safer than cars or motorcycles. Or motorcycles are, yeah, one of the safest forms of so, transportation there is. Um, unless a peacock gets on it, then you got to worry. Right, because they attack. Right. And we don't want any of that. That I heard about. <laughs> someone trying to get, you know about the peacock. Uh-huh, right? yeah. yeah and, but it wasn't it wasn't registered, so. They, and the peacock's dead now, I heard. Oh, that it died. Know. Yeah. <laughs> peacock I, died. I did not know. Her support peacock. <laughs> so I guess it's not so much support anymore. I'd freak out if I got on a fucking plane and there was a peacock on the plane. Well, they had a dog that attacked someone on the plane the other day, too. Like a service dog. Um, I mean, for the most part, I'm not too keen, really, of dogs being on the plane, either, because I'm like, it's going to shit, and then i got to smell it. Uh, But I don't put up... Lily's gone on plane rides several times. It's never gone that I've been on planes with dogs before, and they didn't shit. I'm just saying I'm not particularly keen on it. But look, if I get on a plane and the guy next to me is so fat that he's spilling over on the seat, I'm upset. If I get on a plane and the guy next to me is a fucking peacock, I'm upset. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not sitting next to a peacock. I'm going to fucking ruffle its feathers. The hell with this. So, yeah, peacock is... Plus, you can't get the little, can't get the little vest on the peacock, can you? Well, the vest isn't mandatory. The vest is for your... Way, so, to, so way to ruin the story, that. Michael. <laughs> uh, back to uh, back to scary things. So, so anything else that frightens thing. you? Uh, Shannon does. Are you yeah. frightened of your penis? Shannon, <laughs> Shannon is sitting as we're recording this. Are you frightened of your penis falling off? 
No, no, because you know I have detachable penis. I've lost there it you once. Go. You know, uh, what's her name? Missile King Missile did a whole song about right. it. Um, yeah, I told my friend of King Missile about the story, and he's like, "That's a great song. I'm going to make that." So it's actually a true story about my penis. The detachable penis. The detachable penis. Yeah. But you know, I found it. The guy was trying to sell it. I got it at a cheap price back. <laughs> so, uh, um, well, what scares you? What's uh? Oh, I mean, I could go through. I. Then the listeners might have already heard me say a lot of this with uh, Martin, is because we sort of I asked him this question two podcasts ago. What scared Martin? Um, Martin said that he really wasn't scared by things, and um, he's a horror. Yeah, he's a horror nut, and I can see that. But if you're not scared by him, see, I don't really believe Martin because if you're not scared by him, then why do you enjoy watching him? What are you watching? Like I love comedies, and I hate a comedy if it doesn't make me laugh. You know, there's many times I put on a movie and 30 minutes into it, turned to Ann and said yeah. they forgot the funny. But, uh, you know, the storyline, if the storyline's there in a horror film, it's it's enjoyable. It doesn't have to scare you. It's just enjoyable. It can't be considered a comedy. I mean, Shaun of the Dead, yes, well, that's a comedy. It's a horror film, but it's a comedy. Well, but it, that's different. There are, there are definitely, uh, I just, this morning I watched It Follows. Um, and that has a good idea. I'm not sure it's a great story. Uh, have you seen it? Follows. Yeah, it's one about the sex, right? Yeah, yeah, you have sex and you uh, pass it. And yeah, the concept of that's good. Yeah, but I don't think like you said. You I think you're the one, or you and Martin told me it's a really good one. And I started watching it, and it took me two takes because the first time I started watching, it just starts off so slow. Yeah, uh, I wasn't that impressed. I'm like, well, uh, maybe it was you, maybe it was the other events. Anyway, someone told me I had to watch it, so I did watch it. Uh, the concept is good. I really like the concept. Um, you know, the slow person. You don't know who the person, right? Right, you know what it is you don't know who it's going to be, but it's, it's always coming at you. Yeah, and it's not a fast pace. So for those who haven't seen it, you know, it's not like running and chasing you down. It's right. just this very slow pace. It just keeps coming at you. It's just walking toward you. Yeah, uh, the concept was good. I don't know how, how I would have made it better by any means, but well, I like the concept of it. Well, horror movies need rules, and then you have to abide by those rules because. Uh, if you're in the shower with boobs, right. naked, you're going to die. Right. If you're but, a black man, you're going to die. Yeah, Scream covered this. <laughs> but um, uh, it follows, does adhere to the rule. Like, if you don't have sex, you're not go- it's not going to follow you. I mean, that's really the movie is about um, not having sex or uh, now, having... Does it cover if they use a condom? N- no, they never got into that. And the assumption is, is that it, it would still work. But of course, watch them. No, that you would still transfer it because you had sex with somebody. So you're not transferring it through the exchange of body fluids. You're more than likely transferring it because you're sinning. Most horror movies are are based on sin. Uh, Friday the 13th, it's why the virgin always lives at the end. If you have sex or you're doing drugs or you're sinning in some way, you're one of the people who dies. And it's always the person who is wholesome that is the one who lives at the end. Um, 90% of the time with horror movies. But good horror movies have rules set up that allow you to uh, go, oh, well, if I don't do this, if I am a good person, that's the moral that I walk away from this horror movie with. This won't happen to me. Um, it follows is if you don't have sex, then you're fine. And But it doesn't. So watching it a second time around, I start asking myself, well, does oral sex count? And what about, you know, now we're talking gay sex. So if she just has oral sex with one of her girlfriends, does that pass it? Like where where are these boundaries have the right? Where are the lines? And then of course, second time I'm trying to go because if uh, if 
Shannon passed it to you and it kills you, then it reverts back to Shannon and it starts hunting Shannon again. And now she needs to have sex with somebody else to pass it to them. Which also is a weird theme in the movie because now it's promoting promiscuous sex. Shannon should fuck as many people as she possibly can to pass it on as much as she can. You need to pass this thing down. But then I started sitting there as I'm watching it and I'm thinking, okay... If Shannon passed it to you, if you pass it to Deanna, Deanna passes it to me, I pass it to Shannon, then we kill Shannon, then it goes back to me, back to Deanna, back to you. Does it now end? So I'm now trying to figure out... Well, that's only if none of us ever had sex again. I'm trying to figure out the loop here. What because, you- okay, Shannon, we killed Shannon, goes to you, you have sex with so-and-so. No, so but what I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to stop it. So I figured out with four people... Shannon have sex with you. You have sex with Deanna. Deanna has sex with me. I have sex with Shannon. We kill Shannon. Then it goes back and it kills me. Then it kills Deanna and it kills you. But now Shannon's already dead. So does it jump and go go back from that? And then that became the question, too, during the movie is like, okay. Do you take notes? Does it go back to my previous partner who I got it from? Right. Does it jump you? Does it jump back? Which also was if Shannon passed it to you and then she dies and then it gets you does it stop there so these are especially watching the movie a second time around the holes that you start going well what if this happens what if what if that happens that's any almost any movie right you watch it the second time like well i would have done this different or um well you could easily a lot of the times you could easily say oh i would just run from it or i would go you know uh in amityville you had mentioned when you move into the house and you hear get and Eddie Murphy's like, you know, white people are stupid. Black yeah. people are like, I guess we got to get the fuck out of here. Love the yard. The kids are outside playing. It's a great place. Guess we can't stay. Guess we can't stay. Gotta go. Um, white uh, people are crazy. But like, um, ah, uh, what is the name of the movie? The Conjuring. Uh, I rewatched The Conjuring and I was thoroughly impressed with the rewatching of The Conjuring. Um, they really like it's the Amityville story. They move into a house, but uh, they don't have any money to leave the house. And they're at first, they're not so sure that it is the house. So Conjuring is that the one where the kid kind of poltergeist into like the whole the uh, a witch killed herself on the land and declared basically that nobody should ever ever land. So husband, wife, and their five girls move into the house and weird stuff starts happening. That's not the one I was thinking of then. But it's not, it's not, it, at first it's not necessarily like, I guess, I mean, it, weird stuff is happening in the house, but it's not trying to kill you just yet. Like things move very slowly. The, the movie did a really good job of, of pacing that through and, um, and then they, you know, they get the paranormal investigators in there. Uh, it really held up where, um, oh, the grudge, the grudge is one that I just recently watched again. And the grudge is a good example of a movie that has no rules. And it was a total mess. Um, I wasn't, I remember, I think it was with Sunshine Kids talking about how scary it was. I'm like, I don't well, I talked about we talked to Martin about this. We went over it, and the reason that the grudge is scary, particularly with kids, is the same reason that Psycho was scary. 
it's the vulnerability of the shower that I think that's the scene that sticks out. Sarah Michelle Gellar taking a shower and that hand comes out of her head. And um, particularly for uh, teenage girls, the vulnerability that happens with that and being in the shower and, and the whole psycho thing, you know, in the shower. And girls wouldn't take showers for a long time because of that. So I think the grudge spoke to a different audience than it necessarily does to you and I. But rewatching the grudge, so uh, here's what happens. <laughs> um, a, a woman, a, a married woman with a child, has a crush on another guy, and she writes about that in her, in her journal. Her husband discovers her journal, kills her, kills their kid, hangs himself in the house. New people move into the house, and she decides that she's going to kill everybody who has ever stepped foot into the house. But you don't just die in the house. So, like, if you just walked in the house and was just like, yeah, this is a cool place. I don't want to buy this place. And you go home. You're going to die, which breaks all the rules because um, no one's safe. No one is safe. And so you're just like, okay, so the appraiser, the real estate agent. And, you know, the the uh, handyman, the handyman, uh, the orkin man, uh, anybody who's ever walked into this house when the police show up to clear the clean up the bodies, the coroner, the morgue, like all the way down the line, everybody is just being killed. And her figure, the kid is also alive again, too. And so is the cat. There's ghostly figures of them. We don't know why. We also don't know why she was in love with someone else and her husband killed her. She was the victim of a violent crime. She is not the killer. It would be the husband who would really want vengeance forever. So it makes no sense. And she um, know what it's like to be a victim. The, she wouldn't want that for others. Then there's a point where she kills a husband and wife, the, a couple who bought the house, but their bodies are found in the attic. And there's no reason for them to be in the attic. She was not killed in the attic. And I'm just like, the only reason that this is in the attic is because... People find attics scary, particularly yeah. girls find attics to be attics scary. Attics or basements. Right, attics and basements. So I'm like, that's the only reason this is here. Um, and there's no, there's just no consistency to her killing. There's no way of fighting off the killer or preventing yourself from being killed. Sarah Michelle Geller is a, a, a caretaker. She goes into the house because there is uh, the people who bought its mother um, – is in has dementia or something so she goes in to take care of the mother and just because she's in the house now she's going to be killed um and it tracks down the police and the police department and there's were some good scenes in it that were scary looking but uh yeah it was just a terrible terrible movie that fell apart um the entity i also watched yesterday or the day before no the day before yesterday and it falls apart because you, there's no rules to the entity. Um, the way they get away with it is it's based on a true story. So, you know, you throw the rules out the window when it's like, <laughs> these are factual. Like when you're watching, like I, Tanya, you can't go, well, I would have ended it this way. Because you go, well, no, it's based on the yeah. facts of what actually happened. Um, so they're hiding behind that with the entity. But uh, the entity is just is another just total mess where... And I hadn't seen this movie in years. Um, but in the end of it, 
they try uh, freezing, they try to capture the entity in a room and then blasting the room with liquid helium to freeze it. And they do freeze it and the fucking thing busts out of this like ice sculpture thing. And then I looked up online and the woman, first off, the entity possesses her for no reason. She was already living in the house. She had been there for a while. She just comes home one day after work and it starts attacking her. So there's no like talisman or no thing that's introduced that it's like, oh, this is what it is. In Poltergeist, the family moves into a home that was bur- or, uh, built upon an ancient burial ground. And it just eventually fosters and brings itself forward. But that's the backstory. So there's no reason this house. And the, and the house really exists here in L.A. And there are people who live in it. They've never seen anything since then. It's been fine. Um, but the woman moved and she claims that the entity has traveled her around and online, her kids said that it corroborated that this stuff actually did happen and that their mom actually had the child of the entity. Just fucking crazy is crazy. (laughs) Sometimes you're not on the spectrum. Sometimes you're just fucked up. Uh, but I turn it off and I go, I, I have to give it certain leeway because it's 1981 and it's supposed to be based on a true story. Like, it's a, you're supposed uh, to be. It's Hollywood. So based on true stories, a family lived in a house. Right. That that becomes stretched. And now because of the Internet, you can research this stuff a lot more, which is why I think The Conjuring is, might be Amityville, too. I haven't dug into that. Or Amityville also. Like, you know, Winchester just came out. They, you know, the bit, all the horror stuff. I'm like, I don't... I Winchester? Bet. Yeah. What are you talking about? The movie Winchester. About the Winchester house up in San Jose. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, uh, Winchester. Lady of the Winchester family. The rifle. Okay. Up in San Jose has a house. Uh-huh. And they would build these... She... A psychic or someone told her that all these souls of everyone who has died from the gun is is after her. As long as there is construction on the house, that they will never get her. So there is construction on this house 24-7, and there's stairways that go nowhere. There's rooms that are... Oh, I've nothing. heard of that. But they just recently came out the horror film uh, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Is it in theaters? It's in, or it was. I don't know if it's The Winchester there. House? Yeah, I think it's called Winchester. But a lot of that stuff, you know, it's based on a true story. Yes, there was one, but... Th- uh, I don't recall it being like, you know, the doors bursting open and, and people actually dying there. It was just this crazy lady who would uh, uh, keep building. It's actually a pretty cool place to go check out. Hmm. We are uh, we are going up to uh, Oakland area. What the hell is the name of the city that we're going to? Not Burlingame. Anyway, we're going up there this week to Deanna's Brothers. Hmm. You should check out the Winchester House. It is pretty cool. I might look into that. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of, uh, epic scenes from horror movies that stuck with me. The clown and clown house. That's pretty cool. Uh, I just rewatched Annabelle and, uh, this has really stuck with me this week, even though Annabelle is sort of the conjuring too. And it's, it's an okay movie. Uh, thankfully it moves at 90 minutes, but, um, there's the house is dark and, uh, Annabelle is, uh, in what's going to be the baby's room, which has a bunch of dolls in it, which the doll is in that what ends up becoming possessed in Annabelle. But it's really dark, and the girl, the pregnant woman, is moving through the house, and you just hear, I really like your dolls. <laughs> so, yeah, there's been a few, yeah, exactly. There's been a few times at night I turn off all the lights and I'm headed to bed, and just like over my shoulder in my mind, I hear, I 
Right? And like I said, like, the supernatural stuff is the stuff that's scared so of it. Fucked it's, up. It's, so that stuff is just like, is that, is that just my imagination? Or? So in Annabelle, what makes it cool is this isn't supernatural. The woman who says it broke into the house and is in the house and in the, 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 the what's going to be the kids' room. And she's just, it's dark and she's moving around the house when this is said. So it's not like it's coming out of nowhere. It is really coming out of uh, a person that's, you know, in the house. Um, but uh, that stuck with me. Um, I've always been a big fan of Strangers and Vacancy. And in Strangers, when the bag-headed guy is just standing there. Sure yeah, he's just, he's over and that's her creepy. shoulder. It's super creepy. And, you know, she's in the kitchen there and over her shoulder, you see the guy. And he's fucking standing there. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. I, I, one of my favorite images is in Amityville two. Uh, that's the one where the, uh, oldest son becomes possessed and he, uh, um, I don't want to say rapes. I don't know. He has sex with his sister. Um, it's not really kind of, I don't know. I guess we're call it rape. She, he has sex with his sister. Um, but he starts like turning green and a little fucking weird. But one of my favorite things about that, well, I, I loved, and I talked to Martin about this too. Uh, his sister was never resistant, but he would like look at her and he would get this weird, like cockeyed smile, devilish smile. And it was so fucking creepy and just so wrong. And you knew it was going to happen. Um, and I love that expression on his face. That stuck with me. But my favorite thing about that movie is the mother comes home. She's got groceries in her hand. And she's like, la, 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 la. everything's fine. Everything's all right. And he's nailing the window shut. And he's just fucking pounding nails in. And she's like, hey, Billy, what are you doing? And he just sort of looks over his shoulder. He's like, <laughs> and he's fucking locking down the house because he's going to slaughter him tonight. And he's like, oh, my God, man. You got, you have no idea. And she's just like, oh, you know, hey, can you get the eggs? It's <laughs> like, you don't know what the fuck is about to happen. Um, the stepfather. I love the opening of the stepfather, if you remember that. He uh, He's in the bathroom and he's getting ready and he's cleaning himself up, brushing his teeth, all prim and proper, a little bow tie and everything. And then he starts walking through the house and the house is a fucking massacre it's a bloodbath i do remember that and he walks down the stairs and he walks out the the front down onto the street and someone's walking his dog and he's like hey tim it's just like no big deal and Mm -hmm. i'm like it's just so uh just just the so evil it's just it's fantastically terrible um I am personally more frightened by things like the strangers and vacancy and things that can happen. Hostile things that can happen. Um, most of the time, when I am watching uh, the ghost stories like the Blair Witch Project, uh, I am not phased in any way, shape, or form um, because I'm just like they don't exist. Just none of this exists exists to me. So I'm like, I don't believe that stuff either. Just like you said, sometimes it's the voice you, you know. The, when you first watch it, the first 48 hours or something like that, and you walk yeah. into the house, and you're like, what's good? I still buy in. I love Blair Witch Project is one of my favorite movies, uh, horror movies. I love the ending of it. I mean, I was I remember being in the theater, and I knew that this was all a hoax, but I'm like, this is a masterpiece. The way they put this together and that everybody's buying into it, it's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I, I halfway well, Sundance, through the, what they did with all the, the posters up the, there. I have one of those posters. Yeah, all the stuff they did to like get this thing going, I thought it was fantastic. Um, 
halfway through that movie, I was just like, how are we going to get out of this? How do they like, what do we do? We have to see the witch. Like, what do you, how do you end this? And, and, and what happens to these people? And the camera just getting fucking knocked over at the end. And the dude standing in the corner staring. I was like, oh my God, I literally wanted to get up and shout Bellissimo and fucking (laughs) just applaud. I was like, you guys are, it was, I I remember the only other time that I was that excited. A million dollars or whatever. Uh, what? Sell it for a million dollars. Uh, Happy Feet. You remember the movie Happy Feet uh, with the little cute little penguins? Yeah. That movie goes dark. Like in the middle of that movie, like ha- like he's in a zoo and like a lot of fucking politics start happening about that little penguin and the radio collar and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I, I was in the theater and you could hear a pin drop. And I'm like, oh my God, the political message is fucking huge right now. And I was like, how do we get out of this? What do they do to all these kids in the theater? And then, of, of course, the radio caller goes on to the Penguin. And we get back there and, you know, they discover, oh, my God, the polar caps are melting. Meanwhile, that's all our fault. So all you people in the theater who are leaving your popcorn on the floor, you should feel guilty about that. Um, but I was like, another movie that I was like, masterpiece. They dug, they dug a hole and then they got themselves pull it out. Uh, did you watch The Lobster from last year? No. Oh, that's a movie that digs a hole but doesn't know how to get back out. Because I think you told me it's Yeah, that. but they're so creatively in that <laughs> hole that it's still worth watching. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's a so I don't know. There's there's images. It's the uh, no, it's the ones one that can I, I remember. I forget what it was from. It was uh, but someone jumps into a pool mm-hmm. and then there's like this invisible cover that goes over. Oh, I love that. I know what you're talking about. The uh, the pool uh, has a, uh, a uh, it's a it's a school gymnasium and they have an acrylic cover for the pool to cover the pool up and. Uh, yeah, he drowns, he or she or whatever, and while it's it. swimming, the pool is closed. Because drowning is a way that I do not want to die. I guess I could be scared of drowning because me lacking oxygen, I, I don't know, painful. Um, Which is the reason why the motorcycle, I think, because I don't want to die in pain. So drowning, knowing you're drowning, like i gasping for, for air or being on fire, I don't think I'd like that either. Uh, let's see here. I, I googled horror movie pool clear cover. Looking for the name of a thriller horror movie from the late 70s, 80s. I don't remember if she's saying one girl meets her, let's see, several adults. Um, no, none of these look right. Legacy, no. Haunting of Hill House, Spookies. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but I remember thinking, damn. One girl meets her fate when taking a swim in a beautiful indoor pool within the mansion. Suddenly, by way of supernatural means, a clear and and clo- uh, clear enclosure covers the surface of the pool and she drowns. Um, I I, like I said, I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking that is not the way to go. The legacy, despite being an excellent swimmer, somehow becomes trapped under the surface of Jason's indoor pool and is drowned. Everybody is saying that it's the legacy. I don't know. I, I, Legacy doesn't even really sound familiar. It doesn't, doesn't sound familiar. Doesn't mean I haven't watched it over the years. I've seen so many films and I'm like, I... yeah, this doesn't look right. It's my memory shot anyway. So at least we got some nice music going on. Well, you you can nice come peek. The, the audience can search for the Legacy 1978 pool scene. Um, it's only a minute 23, but damn, this feels long. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here, she's about to... Here, is this what you remember? Yeah. 
I don't remember this either because I remember the, the watching the thing close. Right. I just remember. Yeah. It's been so long since I've seen it, so I don't really remember. But I, I do remember like something goes over a pool. I don't remember the young kids, older kids, whatever. But I do remember the others and being stuck and not being able. Yeah. You because know, I remember after I watched that, which I don't. I must have been in my teens or whatever. You know, jumping into my pool and being. Well, I hope I can come back out. <laughs> 12 feet deep trailer they're tapped in a trapped in a pool but that's a 2017 movie no that's i haven't seen that yeah so this obviously is not don't know i'm glad you came but this person saw the same movie with it (laughs) 100,000 gallons of water 50 meters wide two girls in bikinis must find their way out dun 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 um I think I remember what you're talking about too, but the legacy doesn't look right. Uh, it doesn't. I, in my mind, they were younger. She looked a little old. Of course, you remember that scene in uh, um, what the, the Miracle of Life, the the uh, Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life. The the pool opens up on the dance floor, and people while they're dancing, and people fall in. It's a very cheeky scene, but that's yes, I do that's almost it. what I remember in reverse was that it was a clear cover and it closes like that. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, oh, Spring Breakers has a swimming pool scene. Spring Breakers. Ugh. Uh, well, then you won't like uh, the Florida Project. Um, so I did you a- like Spring Breakers? I found Spring Breakers to be thoroughly amusing. It is amusing. It's so unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dave Franco is fantastic in it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just a... Um, yeah. I, have a, I have a weird observation for you. Um, Uh-oh. So, uh, you've heard of cat cafes? Yes. And puppy cafes? Yep. Where you can go in and you can hang out and play with the cats and have coffee or play with the puppies and have coffee. Yeah, right? they usually cost like 15 bucks or something like that just to get in. Yeah, you pay like an yeah. hourly or something like that. Okay. Um, and a lot of these people don't have cats or don't have dogs. And they can't so, for whatever reasons. Right, right, they can't for whatever reason. So they go in and they play with cats and dogs. Do you see anything wrong with that? Play with cats and dogs? Yeah. Do you see anything wrong with this concept? No. Okay. I don't see anything wrong with this concept either. But... I mean, it's weird being a food establishment and having it. Uh, that's the only... Oh, that's not what I mean. I mean, but with the idea... That, yeah, with but, the idea of, I don't have a dog, but I like playing with dogs. Yeah. I, like, for example, if you didn't own a dog, but you went to a dog park and threw the ball for somebody else's dog, is that okay? Yeah, I'm assuming so. So how I come... Mean, I, I pet other dogs. They come up to me and I pet fantastic. them. Fantastic. Right? So how come it's wrong... For me to not have children, but want to play with other people's children. Depends on what kind of play. You want to come over. If you want to play Uno, come over and play with Josh. With play some no, Uno. no, no, no. It that. doesn't matter what kind of play. People would be weirded out if some 50-year-old guy wanted to play with their kids. Yeah. Why? Like, if you were, if you were an absolute complete stranger, like, you wanted to come over and play with... You know, but you're a complete around. stranger to the kittens and the dogs. You are. 
Uh, but nobody questions that. They don't. But yes, if you're like, hey, I want to go. Here's some free candy for you, kids. I don't have kids. I want you to make. Ha- I don't have kids, happy. but I just want to play with. Too kids. many other dudes have ruined it for you. <laughs> like that's just all there is to it. By the way, I don't want to play with kids. Uh, <laughs> but, no, 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 no. Hypothetically, <laughs> but I don't. I think what came along this is I was like, what if there was a cafe where you could just pay and come in and play with people's kids? That's what grandparents do, isn't it? It's and it is, and somehow it's it's okay. But grandparents, of course, had their own kids, and now they're playing with yeah. Other but the kids. grandparents will play with their kids, and then like, okay, I'm done. It's like the same concept, right? It's the same concept as the kitty cafe, but it's so weird. Even, I mean, it's worse for a guy who just wants to come over to your house and play with your children. But I think I'd still be weirded out if a 50-year-old woman who didn't know my kids wanted to That's play true, with my kids. That's true, but there is definitely the stereotype of a guy wants to just be a like, you know, 50-year-old lady. Right, a manny versus a nanny. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I just I find it to be an amusing thought of being like, I just I don't have any kids. I just like to play with them. <laughs> so it's an amusing thought. Hmm. Um, it, is, it is amusing in the sense of like the way that society, the way that we are and the it way is. that that very... is, uh, is wrong. Um, like, you know, you like to play soccer and the kids are out there doing a pickup and they're young kids and you go out there as a 50-year-old man playing soccer with them. You might still get like people weird looks at you. Especially if you didn't have a kid on the team. Yeah. Even yeah if what are you doing here? There, yeah. Right. Which is odd because you just like playing soccer. And, you know, if, if older kids, 20 years old and you're 50, you're not keeping up with those 20-year-old right. kids, soccer kids. But I can keep up with a 10-year-old team. So a sidestep. How come? I don't even know if this is true. If you want, like, okay, so the guy, the guy likes to play soccer. He doesn't have a kid. And that's weird. But if he does have a kid, then it's somehow okay. Uh, well, it is okay. Whatever. I don't. For whatever reason, the the view changes. Isn't if you are a pedophile, isn't having your own kid your ticket in? Like, doesn't that make it? Wouldn't that make it easier to then go to the soccer game, right? So what I'm saying is, shouldn't you be suspicious of the guy well, who question. wants to play soccer and that has a kid, but the one who comes to play soccer and doesn't have the right. kid, he didn't buy the ticket? <laughs> I don't know, because pedophiles, do they go... That's why I didn't research. Do, I don't know do if they usually have kids. kids? <laughs> what? Like, if you're a pedophile and I have kids, do I do things to my kids, or do I do, I do things to other kids and leave my kid alone? I don't know. I don't like, know I don't, what I don't, the... I don't know what that would be either. What the... Yeah, like, I do I abuse my kid or do I just like that's my kid so no one's ever going to touch my kid? And I'm right, I don't know. What, I don't know what the history others. of that I is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if most pedophiles do have children, but they don't touch them, or if like most pedophiles actually touch their own children. I don't know what the statistic where that actually comes in. I just, and then once again, and you buy a little kid doll, don't even do anything. to Oh, it. back to yeah. <laughs> I just I find it amusing that. Uh, like the whole the cat cafe and the dog cafe, um, because like, I I mean if someone wanted to like if someone wanted to walk my dogs, like you pay people to do that. That's okay. I guess you pay people to watch your kids and play with your kids exactly. too. You, you, you just got to vet them. You do, and there's you know Wag, which is a, a app right, now dog, where you get. Dog dog but would you let your dog go with a stranger? I have this See, other once one again, because they have vetted, right? I'm I, assuming that WAG has vetted these out. I, the same as me finding a nanny for my kid. I'm sure the agency they go to has vetted out this, this uh, person. I walk the dogs around the neighborhood, and Tika's, you know, tiny. 
uh, and easy to steal. So I wonder, and I, I've wondered this for a scene for a movie, uh, that a car pulls up, somebody gets out and just runs over and steals your dog and gets in a fucking car and drives <laughs> off. Like, what level are you, I mean, at what point are you, like, you're just in shock. You're just like, what the fuck is happening? And someone just stole your dog. And, like, your dog's just gone. Mm. So maybe that's me thinking from a fear point of, like, someone just stealing Tika. Right. And those you know. are your kids. Right. Because you don't have kids. Right. No, I would totally, <laughs> I'd totally be protective over my kids. Um, absolutely. Uh, I mean, a, a buddy of mine, a, a long, uh, Jack, was a fourth grade teacher for know, 10 years before he had a kid. Um, and You've met Jack. Mm-hmm. And uh, I there was probably a lot of people who wondered why that was. But I remember Jack used to, he would tell me the stories of the things that his kids did. Um, one kid reached in his shit in his pants, reached in his pants, picked it up and threw it across. The room. <laughs> These are not autistic kids, by the way. They're just fourth graders. Um, but Jack always would sit at his desk and he would uh, make kids when they approached because they're fourth graders. They want to come over and they want to hug you and they want to touch you and they want to be close to you like they are to their parents. But, you know, he was like, you're on that side of the desk. I'm on this side of the desk. Right. This is Mr. Gordine's space. That is your space. And kids would approach him, like, out into the field. And he was like, no, no, no. You know how Mr. Gordine likes it. There's a three-foot space around me. Um, which is, you know, amusing and sad also because, I mean, the kids just want to be. But like Shannon had mentioned, people have ruined it in the past uh, for other people who I guess might just want to hang yeah, out. Yeah, you kids. are actually not supposed to have any contact with kids, like any kind of, you know, touch them or whatever, which in theory sounds like, well, it sounds perfect because you don't want that. But you talk about kids who are, you know, kindergarten through, you know, fifth grade, and they, so that's what they crave, right? right? They want to be hugged and stuff like that. Right. Like, legally, you're not supposed to be touching them at all. You can you can get in big trouble. Are you not allowed? Are, are you telling me you're not allowed to touch your? You're not allowed to pat your student on the back. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to give them any. You're, you're not. Are you allowed to, to shake their hand? Well, yeah, sh- a hand. I don't shake. know. I'm wondering where you know. Are you allowed uh, to wrist? Are you allowed you to know, shake their wrist? I think it's. I can think you it's, shake their I upper think it's arm. A huge, Where's the line drawn? I, I think there's a huge gray area because I'm working with autistic kids, uh, putting pressure on their shoulders stuff like that would calm them down. Oh. Um, yeah, it's like you know the weighted vest and stuff like that. But right. if kids start starts going off, you just kind of put pressure. And on the, I could I could get in trouble for that because I'm touching a child. And on the really attractive female students, squeezing their breasts calms them. Down. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, it's the tune in Tokyo really makes yeah, them. Uh, so. They love that. Um, uh, so, you're, but you're not supposed to put pressure on their shoulders. No, well, legally, no, I'm not supposed to touch a child. Uh, would I? Absolutely, I would. What? I have not felt yet. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. I would calm down an autistic Fire, time. Fire Michael Hutch. Are you not allowed to restrain a kid? Oh, God, no, you're not supposed to. You have to be trained and, uh, uh, yeah, there's... But, I mean... And I have restrained kids. I was... You know, I, if I two kids the... are fighting, you are the closest one to break it up. You get in the middle of it. First you yell, because usually they respond to yelling. Uh-huh. And then you you get in the middle. You are not supposed to grab them, throw one off or something like that, or re- restrain them, no. So you're just you're putting up your hands and flailing them about, sort of like yeah. you would if it was a bear, like a like a bear sort of. Yeah, you're, you're, contact is make to yourself be the, look the least the the very last thing you can go to. So you come upon a kid stabbing another kid. Uh, you don't grab that kid and pull. Well, him see, off? that's different. I mean, it, you no, but, uh, you come upon killing. a kid raping another kid. You don't grab that kid and pull him off. Well, once again, they're they're committing a crime. It's a fight. They're not getting felonies. Right. If someone's stabbing someone, yeah, you, you can restrain someone with a knife. Uh-huh. You can't restrain someone who's, you know, fighting. Oh, because n- 
more than likely no one is going to die from a fight. Yeah, it's not. It's... Speaking of, did you see that video of that 70-year-old San Bernardino cop get killed because he got hit in the head? No. Oh. Um, there is, it's security video and there's, uh, altercation. I shouldn't even say altercation. That sounds worse than it actually is. I guess someone cut someone off and the cop, there was a bit of a debate. It doesn't even look heated, but you don't, you can't hear anything that they're saying is an off duty cop. And, uh, he was seven years old, celebrated on the San Bernardino force. Everybody loved him. You know, that sort of guy, I don't know, retires in a few years. And, uh, this guy gets out of his car and approaches him and you can see they're arguing, goes back to his car, comes back out, approaches him again. And then just like this sort of like fucking roundhouse punch just to the side of the 70 year old's ear. And it's like one hit hits the dude in the ear and the dude just fucking falls down comically. Like something you would see, like you wouldn't even believe it. If you saw it in a movie, the 70 year old hits the ground dead just fucking killed him with one punch the guy gets in his car drives away other people who saw it you can see in the video uh begin driving their cars over to crash into him to stop the the guy and they got him the guy who who killed him but um i'm just like i'm like i'm watching this i'm like it's fucking crazy like he's 70 years old and one punch to the ear and he's fucking dead like what the hell so you know a fight could be lethal it doesn't have to just have oh, it can be yeah that's but According to Edco, so, I'm not going to. If a student is raping another student, you can pull. Absolutely, you can pull them apart. Um, but uh, I would say yes, but I don't know. I mean, they, they could get a lawyer and try suing me for. Well, you'd be sued for. <laughs> right, for so uh, yes, if I saw something like that, I would I would pull them apart. Or do you first pretend like? Has anybody seen me say this? Let me just walk over this. <laughs> and I'm out of here. Let me remove myself. I don't, I don't have to do the report later. Right. I don't want to. I don't have to deal with that. Um. All right. So what else? Uh, not how, how how long we've been doing this? Uh, we're on for an hour and nine. Wow! Anything? Uh, yeah, time just flies, right? Uh, when you're talking about weird kitty cafes, <laughs> pedophiles. Mm. See how I did that? Kitty cafe. So kitty, 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 kitty. Yeah. Is it two D's? Yeah. Uh, um, which I guess kitty is two T's. Uh, anything new with Heaven or your, Heaven right your now? Boy? She's leaving. Uh, she, her, and her boyfriend just drove from Cincinnati to uh, Denver to stay at a Bud and Breakfast. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, uh, I haven't heard much about it. I know that they had a great time, and they're driving back today. So I saw. Back I saw on Facebook that there was a sign posted in front of an IHOP that if you reek of marijuana, we will not serve you. Why? There's so much money in that. What are you talking about? So much money in what? Like munchies. Well, yeah, but one <laughs> one stoner walks into IHOP and the fucking place reeks for the next four hours and everybody else who comes in, it, it I could see the point. Um, I could see where like stoners get served on the patio. Yeah, I, 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 could, I can see where it's now a problem because I don't if... Know. I mean, I, the, in Colorado, patchouli oil is, is the one that bothers me the most. The people who, who wear that, yeah. Like but that if I walk so into strong. any, if I walk into any restaurant and it stinks, I'm not staying for dinner. I mean, if it doesn't have to stink like marijuana, if it stinks, we're not having dinner here. Well, and that makes sense. But like, so how clearly much, they're dealing. Are you with, hot boxing? Like, like how would you get that much stench on you to where it's not going to? I have passed people in the street that have nearly gotten me to cough. That just and they were even probably people who at were, that point. Well, yeah, but there's probably people who were smoked in a small area. Like if we go okay, out there, well, they shouldn't be going to IHOP. 
Well, that's munchy food. Why would you not go to IHOP? I understand why to, they're going to IHOP, but I also understand why IHOP is like, okay. IHOP is a junk food or... <laughs> All right. Let me put it this way. Let's say, oh, I heard of this wonderful coffee shop that employs uh, challenged children. Do you want your coffee shop with challenged children to reek like potheads? I don't, to me, it doesn't bother me. So I, and I if it drives like, away all of the wonderful grandma and grandpas who come in for breakfast Sunday morning, then that's okay. I don't know if it offsets the amount of money. See, I, I don't. And know. if the, but how much would you have to smell? But the like pot person obviously have to smell. smell pretty bad that you're stinking up the place. I mean, I how have you not run into people who smell? You don't. Oh, I, you don't walk around Hollywood in L.A. like I do. That's why. <laughs> and that's a whole different monster. Like you know. You, you're in you're in Lily White Santa Clarita and, and going out to Arcadia to work. Azusa. Uh, I've spent a considerable amount of time in Hollywood Santa Monica. I was in Hollywood this week and walked past someone who had the stench. But that's also Hollywood. walked past someone who had the pee stench. Um, exactly, that's I was Hollywood. In, I was in downtown LA to pick up some fabric stench there, and Santa Monica is you know non. You back getting back into sewing? Uh, no, but I re- we reupholstered our couch and I went down to the uh, garment district to get fabric for it. And I must say, um, what a fantastic experience. I had never been. Have you ever been in a... I haven't been down there. And I, I was telling her, Shannon, the other day, that like, are we talking about L.A.? I'm like, yeah, people go down there for shopping, for clothes and this and that. But I never have. And it'd be a cool place to sometimes um, check out. So I was confused because uh, I had never been. So I wasn't sure where I was supposed to go. I searched Garment District on, the, on uh, Google. And I drove down. And I was like around a bunch of warehouses and I, I really just drove in circles. I, I was canvassing streets. I'm driving up and down trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? Because there are clearly warehouses with fabric names on them, but they don't look inviting. So I don't know if you just go in one warehouse to another and go to a counter or it's just an open thing and you find in there. And I turned down one street, which was such a bizarre experience. It was It was straight up gangster, but it wasn't. Um, it was a gauntlet of stereo shops and like 30 shops, one after the other, uh, stereo and tent and DJ shops. And the street is crowded with people trying to stop you. Like you're like, you're in front of a home Depot, giving you flyers, trying to get you to go to their shop to get stereo put in or whatever. And I didn't know when I turned down the street, but, and it was fine. I mean, it's not like people were hitting my car or anything like that. Um, but without a doubt, if Deanna had turned down the street by herself, she would still be there curled up in a corner of the car, terrified out of her fucking mind at people trying to sell Somebody her stereo. Get me. Um, like people are just coming at you. It's like in front of Home Depot. Um, and I'm just I'm shaking my head and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it, it's just so strange. So I kept canvassing the streets. And finally, I, I just I Googled I Googled Island Fabrics and there was a store named Island Fabric. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to drive over there. And once I drove into that neighborhood, all of a sudden it was it was a gauntlet of stores with bolts of fabric in the front. Like store after store after store is just, I mean, hundreds of bolts. Every morning they drag them out front and put them on the sidewalk. I paid five bucks to park, got out of the car, I brought a, a pillow with me that had the fabric that I was looking for. And um, I, just, I walked into one store and... Tens of thousands of bolts. And these are little like mom and pop stores, little tiny, just it, it's weird. It, I don't I mean, 
I don't know how, it's like a swap meet of nothing but fabric owned by these little individuals. And, uh, and it got to a point where I, I just went from, I didn't even have to go into the store. The shopkeepers were standing out front and I'd hold up the pillow and be like, you got any tapestries like this? And they'd say yes or no. And I'd go in, they'd show me what they had. And if, you know, I liked it, I bought it. Uh, price was insanely cheap. I bought, uh, basically I, was, I paid like $8, I think it was $8 a yard. Um, for fabric that from like Joanne Fabrics would have cost me about 40 a yard, 40 to 50 a yard. And I found a print that I liked. I bought it. I continued walking. I found another print that I liked. I bought it. Uh, and then I took it to an upholstery shop and the, the couch parts, it was pillows that I had redone and had it redone. But um, I walked to Starbucks. There was a Starbucks in the neighborhood and uh, there was a homeless guy, you know, trying to hold the door for money. Um, I ignored him, didn't give him anything. The neighborhood is totally fine during the day. I could see where this is frightening at night. So I leave and I, I think I head up like Main Street. And I'm about, I don't know, four blocks from Skid Row. And all of a sudden, I am in the middle of the most posh, high-end eateries, neighborhood. It is like gas lamp, uh, gas, uh, gas, lamp. Lamp, gas lamp in uh, San Diego. It's the middle of the day and there's girls in little girls in cutesy outfits like trotting around. When I say little girls, I mean like fucking thin, petite Paris Hilton type girls wandering around the street, going from like coffee to eatery to like fucking craft beer store. It, and I'm, where the fuck am I now? Like I'm in another world and, and there's just people after work eating. It was so weird. It was so strange. But if you ever need fabric, um, just bolts and bolts of fabric and. You know, you can get your couch redone cheaply. All right. Now we know. Yeah. So, anything else? I don't think so. Now All right. Know where to get my fabric. Now you know where to get your fabric. Downtown LA, just Google Island Fabrics and then somewhere around that store park <laughs> and start wandering around. You get fabric for dresses and anything anything and everything under the sun, you name it. It's pretty much. The, the pillow fabric that I ultimately ended up getting, the guy told me, came from a designer at Pacific Design Center who would make these palm tree pillows and sell them for $400 a piece. But she went out of business and the fabric was now there and I paid $8 a yard, which a yard gets you like one and a half pillow, or no, two and a half pillows because the way the, yeah, yeah, two and a half pillows, the way the print is. Anyway, this, this is, uh, this now you know. Now you know. The more you know. The more you know. All right. So uh, I guess we're wrapping it up. Yeah? Yeah. Let's wrap it up. You seem bored. No, I I love hearing fabric stories. I, that's why I say you you seem bored. You know, this is, what? Where else do you hear Oscars horror stories? What are you scared of? Kitty, and <laughs> kitty, where kitty, you can kitty cafes and and soccer. I don't know. Runs the gamut. Uh, so I'm Vince Roca. I'm Michael Hutchinson. And for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com. I will. <laughs>